It's not every day that a player at the highest level of his game, at the highest level of his sports, in the middle of his prime, decides to walk away from the game, as Andrew Luck recently did from the Indianapolis Colts. And this week on the podcast, we're not going to necessarily dive into the Andrew Luck situation because there are plenty of hot takes out there that you can find on your own to get some perspective on the situation. But the thing that that has made me really reflect on that we're going to dive into today is what is the coach's role when a player decides to quit or a player is considering retirement or leaving the game or leaving your team? And I don't know what your experience is like, but for me, my career has sort of gone through this progression of when I was a younger coach or when you start off at a, at a new job, you start to hear rumors about players that they aren't going to go out or they're thinking about not going out or you're the last person to find out that they, they decided that they're not playing. And that can be an incredibly frustrating situation on a lot of levels because one, you don't know how to plan for your season and two, you never really find out exactly why they decided not to continue playing. As time goes on, as my career continued, you know, you start to build better relationships with players and they would start to come to me and tell me at least in person that they're choosing not to play next year and typically they would explain why and that is a better situation I felt like because I could get some information that might help me with future players to try to keep them out but at the same time that was frustrating because I always felt like I was the last person to know you know it was like being in a relationship and you think things are going fine and then the other person comes along and they, they break up with you out of nowhere and yeah you're finding out first person that's better than hear about it in the locker room but it's still not the same because you don't feel like you're part of the process that maybe could have affected the outcome differently. Well, now at Lindmar going into year three, I feel like we've finally gotten to this place of having a better understanding of where players are at with their commitment to the game of basketball and when they're thinking about not going out in the following year, they're thinking about not playing or retiring early, however you'd like to, to describe it. We're actually in a place where we're having conversations with those players before a final decision is made. And that's kind of what we want to talk about this week on the podcast is what is the role of the coach when a player comes and tells you they're thinking about quitting? You're listening to episode 106, What to Do When a Player Wants to Quit. So Nate, in reflecting on this topic of players quitting uh, and kind of my coaching experience with this, it, it actually brings back some pretty painful memories. Right? I remember when I would hear through the, the rumor, uh, a rumor or hear through the grapevine that a player was considering quitting or a player wasn't coming back. Um, or even a player would just tell me straight up, yeah, I'm not sure if I want to come back next year, that I would really take it personally. I had invested so much time into that player. I had worked so hard uh, to de- you know, to not just develop him as a player, but I, I invested in the relationship. And some of those player relationships I had had were even beyond uh, before they came in as a freshman for the high school team, right? They had existed before that. And so when they would say that they weren't going to be coming back or that I would hear that they were considering not coming back, I, I took it very, very personally uh, first off. And so that was really, really painful to deal with that. 
because I felt like I had failed as a coach. And then in the second part of it was especially if they were a good player, I'm going, oh, crap, how am I going to deal with that this year? We just lost one of our better players, or I saw that player as a starter. And so I'm processing there of just, oh, man, this is a big loss for the team. And now what am I going to do? Well, JP, I think what you're describing here is exactly how most coaches feel when they find out that a player is not going to continue their career, whether they're quitting the sport altogether, they're choosing to transfer, whatever it might be. We take that as a personal affront. It feels like rejection. Even if their issue has nothing to do with you as a coach, it feels like it does every single time, right? And, you know, we get hung up in the same thing that you're talking about here of, the player leaves and we feel like it's our fault. The player decides not to play and we, we struggle with, well, now how do I fill that role? And, you know, my plans for next year or the next three years are now changed because this person's not going out. And we keep looking at it through our own lens. And my thinking on that was really challenged a couple of years ago when we had a, a player that went on to play a different sport in college. And after a couple of years, she hung up her shoes and I, I got to have a lot of conversations with her about as she was thinking about, you know, not playing the sport anymore. And one of the things that she described in terms of how her coach responded when he first heard that she maybe wasn't going to go out the following year, wasn't really a concern for her as the person. Like he wasn't really concerned about the academic pressures that she was feeling and the, the opportunities on campus that she felt like she was missing out on and the friends that she didn't get hang to hang out with because she was so consumed by playing a sport and her class load. His response was, well, I need to know if you're in or you're out. You could take some time to think about it, but basically it was like, I just need to know if the player is going to be here or not. And to her, that was like the thing that just pushed her over the edge, which she interpreted as, well, you don't care about me as the person, so I'm out. You know, And she ended up not playing, and everybody went their separate ways. And so when I listened to her describe this situation, I couldn't help but think, how many times have I reacted in the same way when I hear that a player is not going to go out or somebody comes to me and says, hey, you know, so-and-so is thinking about or talking about not playing this year, that I respond with, well, she just needs to make a decision so we know what to do. Like, that's the right thing for the team, rather than thinking about where is the person who's making this decision actually at? What are the factors that are affecting her? And thinking about that rather than just dwelling on, the player and how that affects me as a coach or us as a team. So Nate, that's, that's a huge, you know, mind shift that we have to have in our perspective here, because I think when it comes to being that transformational coach or just having players know that we value them more as a person than the player, our response uh, to, to these situations with them quitting, I think is really, really important. I mean, you just look at people's response to Andrew Luck quitting. Just coming back to that thing which you mentioned earlier, which is I really feel like the people that were responding and, and, and kind of um, criticizing him, well, they're just seeing Andrew Luck, the player, right? What they tune into and all his relationship to the team and his commitment to the team. But then the people that had empathy for him out there, you could see that they clearly saw Andrew Luck, the person, and their argument came back to him, the person, like his relationship with his family and his kids. And, and so you could just see the different... Uh, perspective so clear in that situation and we need to be having that perspective of seeing the person first now one of the big problems here I know many coaches are going well is, is are thinking is well my players don't even come talk to me right and it's a hard conversation to have and we're so bad at having these hard conversations and in, in our society today 
I think players are often leaving or transferring teams and and parents avoid those conversations too. I've seen many, many of the coaches I support, the parents don't even have the the courage or, or the decency to just like let the coach know that they're moving schools, right? So how do we expect players to have those hard conversations? So for a lot of us as coaches, you gotta be thinking, well, how do we even get them to feel like they can come talk to us about that? So I know that you've done some things that have been really intentional down to the way you've done exit surveys and stuff like that to just start to more normalize the feelings around wanting to quit and, and kind of invite them to come talk to you about that, uh, that they may be struggling with that decision. Yeah, well, I think two things that have been pretty effective for us, you know, going into year three here at Linmar, my first year when I took the job in June until the season started in November, we had 17 kids choose not to go out for basketball that either had played before or had signed up and were interested in playing. Then from year one to year two in that off season, I think we lost 14 or 15 kids. We thought we were going to have more numbers, and we ended up having about the same amount. Um, and so this, you know, I, I don't know if that's an epidemic, but obviously it, when you're losing a third of your program every year, that's hard to sustain over the long term. So as we talked as coaches about how do we intervene in that, are there ways that we can try to prevent some of that from happening, we realize that Ultimately, we really don't have the information that we want. What we want is when a player is struggling in the sport or they're struggling with their class load or they're starting to think about not playing, we want to know that to be able to start walking with them kind of through that process, that like their mental process of the game not feeling the way it used to or um, their busy schedule, you know, making it more difficult to commit to, to our long season in basketball in the winter. And so the two things that have been really effective for us, number one, is, is as we mentioned many times on the podcast, doing our consistent one-on-ones during the season to try to, in a sense, take a temperature of where every player is at as we're going through the year, you know, and not just asking them general questions like, well, how's it going? And, you know, what do you think the team needs or whatever? We're really asking them to talk about what's hard for them right now, because every player, I don't care how much they love basketball, how committed they are, what year in school they are. There's something hard about playing a high school sport, especially at the level that we're at with the amount of commitment that we require, right? So we're trying to just, again, be aware of what's the difficulty for each of our players. And sometimes that's in our one-on-ones, our two-on-ones, they're having them shared in our three-on-ones. But just sort of an awareness and, again, getting the information of what's difficult for the player right now helps us to be able to anticipate, number one, and number two, kind of walk with them through that struggle that help them to be able to process that so that it doesn't become eventually this critical situation that they feel like they're only out is to quit the sport. The second thing that we've added to our exit interviews at the end of the year is just this question of, is there any reason why you wouldn't play basketball next year or you wouldn't play basketball at Linmar next year? And that can be a, a difficult question maybe if there is something there. But again, because we've taken such an interest in the challenges to the person who is playing basketball throughout the year, it seems like a logical question now for them to answer at the end of the year. And, you know, even players that are planning on coming out next year, having them reflect on a little bit on, well, what would keep me from coming out? Again, just sort of surfaces some things that we can start to talk about. So if they say something like, you know, I'm planning on playing coach unless I end up having to work and my classes are more work than what I thought they would be. Well, now that becomes a running conversation for us in the fall where we're checking in to see, you know, how's your class load going? Are you working? You know, so that we can 
essentially be able to facilitate a, an ongoing dialogue where they have an opportunity to, to vocalize and to process some of the things that may be their biggest obstacle in playing for us in the following season. Yeah, and I think it's huge what you're doing is you're just asking some questions. You're not putting a lot of pressure on them. You know, I think just even the exit, the, the exit interview, the way you framed that question was just not to say, hey, you don't have to come up with a decision or you don't have to say that you're, you're completely decided on not playing, but like, hey, is there any reason? I, I love the framing of that question because it gives players an opportunity to kind of say, yeah, maybe I'm having some doubts and to not feel threatened, to actually feel safe to speak up about that. And I think that that's huge. I think also when you want to create a, an environment or a team culture where if they're wrestling with those thoughts and they can come talk to you, I think, and I know we'll dive into this later, but I think how we respond after players quits, quit is really, really important. And I think that when they start to see how we handle other players quitting and that, you know, they're not ostracized or not shamed, you know, the, I think that that's pretty, pretty powerful. I, I think even just if, if coaches feel like this is an epidemic, and this is something we talked about in a couple of previous episodes around case studies, I think just having a conversation around just like the Andrew Luck story or a local sport athlete of just not even talking about people within your team, but going outside of your team and just sharing your own perspective on that, I think could be very, very profound, um, whether it be a case study of someone like Andrew Luck or even just your own uh, sporting career. I know that many of us as athletes struggle with, you know, with thoughts around quitting or maybe we quit other sports and we focused on this sport. So I think there's a lot of conversations that we can have before we get into these conversations with players just to normalize that. Well, when you talk about sort of normalizing the struggle, one of the hard things about conversations you know, with players or anybody else about quitting is that there's such a negative stigma about being labeled a quitter. You know, if you quit a sport or a job or a marriage or whatever, you know, you're labeled as weak, you're labeled as giving up on other people, you're disappointing people, you're not fulfilling your role, something was too hard and you couldn't handle it. Like there very rarely is there the celebration of somebody that realizes this is not what's best for me and chooses to lay it down and walk away. And I think the place that we're trying to get is not that we're trying to just help kids quit. That's not it at all. We're just trying to create a place that's safe for them to talk about it without them feeling the judgment or the threat of ostracism or isolation or um, condemnation simply because it's something that they're thinking about. Now, coaches, before we get back to our conversation here today, if you're anything like me, I listen to a lot of podcasts, I read a lot of books, and I am constantly inundated with new ideas and new strategies and new ways to try to approach my team and build my culture. And when I come across these great ideas, there's always part of me that wonders, do I really know how to do this in my culture? Now, at Thrive On Challenge, we've really tried to create opportunities to connect with you personally as coaches through our mentorship program, through our coaching retreats, but maybe you're not ready to take the step for either one of those programs. And so we've created this fall our first ever coaching culture workshop. And at this workshop, we wanna get a bunch of like-minded coaches together who are also experimenting with how to build their cultures and become better leaders. At the workshop, we're gonna walk you through systems and strategies that you can implement with your teams. We're gonna encourage you to, to share your experiences, things that have worked for you and things that you've struggled with with other coaches who are in the field trying to accomplish the same goals that you are and to make ourselves available to be able to answer any questions that you might have as you're growing on this transformational journey. 
If you have any interest in being part of this workshop, our first one in November in Minneapolis or future workshops this following spring, check out the link in the episode details. So now, Nate, let's just say that you hear that a player is not coming out. Maybe you hear it from, the, from, from their parents or maybe you've heard it from some of the other players or maybe you've been fortunate enough that they've actually come to you and said, hey, coach, I'm thinking about not playing next year. Now what do we do? Now how do we support them through that kind of decision? Well, the first thing I'm going to do when I find out, you know, I hear from my captains, I hear from another player, I hear from a parent that so-and-so is thinking about not playing basketball this year, or basketball's not as fun, and she's not sure what she's going to do, whatever it might be, is I try to be able to meet with that player and just be able to have a conversation with her, you know, not in passing, that's like two or three minutes in the hallway, but really be able to sit down um, in a way that's natural and non-threatening. And that might sound weird to some coaches, but we kind of mask that by telling our players in the fall that, you know, I'm going to try to have lunch with them at least once individually, just bring their lunch down to my office and we're going to talk and catch up and, you know, just kind of see what's going on in life and how fall is going and that type of thing. So if I reach out to a player after hearing that information, that seems like, oh, it's my turn in the rotation and, you know, I'm going to go have lunch with coach. Now, I don't necessarily acknowledge right away that, hey, I'm hearing these things about, you know, about you and basketball this year. More likely, I'm going to try to, again, connect with their life, figure out what their schedule's like, you know, try to just catch up with them if I haven't spent a lot of time with them since summer basketball. And then I'm going to ease my way in by using a question like this. How are you feeling about the upcoming season? You know, are you feeling good? Are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you, you know, dreading it? I might say that with a smile, like with a laugh, sort of like it's a joke. But I'm really just trying to open up, like, what are your feelings about basketball looming on the horizon? And if I know the, the player well, and we've had a lot of these conversations, not about quitting, but just, you know, conversations about who they are as a person, most likely that's going to be enough to open up, you know, coach, I'm not really sure. I'm just not really sure what I want to do this fall. Okay, now it's on the table. So I have permission to know that, right? Because she's told me. And so now, the, I think the biggest thing that we do differently now is that we just let go of the person as the player. Like from this point on, it's not about them as a player. It's not even about us as a team. It's about them as a person. And what I really want to try to diagnose is how are they thinking about basketball? It, it, when they think about basketball, is that adding stress? Is it making them anxious? Are they you know, starting to feel a frustration right away, just sort of thinking about what the season has in front of them? Um, because if so, I, I want to try to dig down into the roots of, of why. Why is that, right? Is it because of the amount of time? Is it because maybe they're not going to get the role they think they want? You know, it might have to do with basketball. It might have to do with me. It might have to do with parent pressure at home. Like, I don't know all the things that are going on. But I try to ask as many good questions as I can to figure out how the person is thinking about what basketball holds for them. I don't know if that makes very good sense. No, absolutely. And I think I think back at how I've dealt with this in the past as a coach. And, and typically my response when a player would tell me, or we'd be having that conversation around them quitting, is I would tell them my own story, right? Which is just another story of a person persevering and not quitting and how they were grateful that they didn't, right? Which they have heard a million times. And I would always talk about how I wanted to quit. I didn't quit and I'm glad I didn't. You know, and I would just, I would tell that story. And I don't know if kids really need more of that story. I don't know if that was ever really helpful, but what you're talking about is asking them questions. And what's so important about those questions, Nate, is that you're not coming in with an argument for them to stay. And I think that's what I did so often was like, I had my story about sticking through it and persevering. 
you're just coming in, listening, and allowing them to feel safe to verbalize what's going on. And that's so incredibly valuable. I think one of the things that we have to consider as coaches is what is the the best outcome from the conversation or from the decision. And too often we think the best outcome is them staying out for the sport. And I, it very well may be, and quite honestly, in a lot of these conversations, sometimes players do need to just get through the struggle. They do need to process their current situation, and they come out on the other side, and they finish their career, and they have great memories, and they have great experiences, and, and everybody goes through that. I mean, every player thinks about quitting at one time or another. But ultimately, my shift from my goal is to keep everybody out and seeing players quitting as a bad thing for our program has changed to my goal is trying to help the person figure out what is best for them and have them discover that and make that decision on their own. And that could be staying out for basketball. Most often it might be. But if it's not, if basketball or whatever sport is adding so much stress and anxiety to their life or making their academic life so difficult or making it impossible for them to spend the time with family or friends or work or whatever things that they they start thinking that they'd rather do or other opportunities that they're missing out on because of their sports commitment. Ultimately, anymore for me, it's not about the player staying with the team as much as it's about the person not just making the best decision for themselves, doing what makes them happy, but it's about them learning how to think about those issues and having somebody that's willing to listen and walk with them through that without judgment, no matter what the outcome is, because I just don't know that kids have that very often in their life. And if you think about what they're taking away from you, playing for you, it isn't just the sports stuff, right? Like they're going to be faced with all kinds of opportunities to quit things in their future or have to make decisions as to whether they want to continue to do one thing or, or do something else. And I think this is a great opportunity to explore the process of how do you think about those decisions with somebody who's got more life experience, who doesn't necessarily have a skin in the game on one side or the other, but really is about the player growing and learning and developing and, and learning those decision-making skills with you walking alongside them. And I think if they make the decision to stay, I think it's really important that we help them tend to start to focus on kind of really two things. What can they control to make it a more positive experience and a fulfilling year for them? And what can I do to help you through that experience? And I think those are some some great questions if they've kind of, they're leaning towards that they're gonna stay, that we kind of say, okay, well, if you, or if they feel like, you know what, I'm stuck with it, I just need to stick it out for whatever reason, I just think, well, what can you control? All right, what, 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 what choices do you have that are really gonna directly impact your experience? And then really, how can I help you create a great experience for, for you this season? I think those are really important questions to ask if they do decide to stay. Yeah, and I think another valuable question that you can ask is really trying to help the player to count the cost. What does it cost them to stay out for the sport? And what will it cost them if they choose not to continue? And sometimes, you know, that sounds like an advantage-disadvantage chart, and I guess in some ways it is. But if you think about it, we had a player that that's, was going, going through this and decided that she's going to stick it out. And the thing that she realized was the cost of leaving was that she wasn't going to get to continue to play and hang out with her friends um, that she had been playing with since third grade or second grade or whatever. And even though basketball is not her favorite sport and she doesn't love it as much as I do, you know, and it, it makes life more difficult for her given her academic load in the winter, 
the cost of not getting that time with her friends was too much for her to bear, right? And so just being able to sort of help them to be able to evaluate them so that they can ultimately decide what is most important, what's the most important thing that they want out of this experience or out of their experience not playing. No, that's one of my one of my favorite questions is just, you know, what is the cost of leaving and what is the cost of staying? I think that's a really profound one that gets people to reflect on things. Now, some players are going to decide they want to leave. And I think we talked mentioned a little bit earlier that when they want to quit or retire, um, how we handle that can be really, really important for future conversations and players wanting to have, have those conversations with us. Um, and we've shared some stuff around that in the in previous podcasts as well. But I guess just kind of leave us as we wrap up here, Nate, with just a few things. If a player decides they want to leave, what's really important in your, in, from your perspective as a coach that we do here? Well, I think, number one, if you love the person that's quitting, then you want to help them to leave with dignity. And that's with the team in terms of being able to leave on good standing with their teammates you know, the next obvious question that we would ask is, well, how do you want to leave? Do you want to tell the team in person? Do you want me to tell them? Do you want to drop a bomb in the group me? You know, do you want to get closure and be able to explain yourself a little bit? I mean, and we've had players do it all kinds of different ways, but we've had to create meetings where somebody comes in and they just kind of explain their situation and everybody cries. And, you know, it, it's sad to see them leave if they were a great teammate and they were, you know, beloved. And those are hard situations. But but I think, again, it honors the person, right? And it gives them some control over how they walk out the door in a way that that isn't shaming, in a way that isn't blaming, in a way that isn't um, destructive to your team, where they're not going out throwing firebombs all over the place, you know, with accusations, and it's your fault, and this happens. Um, and I think, again, just walking them through that and giving them an opportunity to leave with dignity is really, really important and says a lot about you as a coach and how you value the people that you are playing for you. And one of the things we, I know we had talked about earlier was just also some of the semantics around it. Like why does it, if it's, if a player finishes out, say their junior season, they really, in most cases, they may only have one year left at the high school level or collegiate level. Why do we need to say it's quitting? Why can't it be words like using words like retiring? Because I feel like that, that, maybe makes it a little bit more safe and normalizes that, that, you know, they're just, honestly, they're not going to be playing beyond that. So why do we have to call it quitting? Those semantics can be so important. I remember a time we had a, a player that left during the season and I emailed the parents, you know, and again, just trying to honor the player. And I, I just wanted to communicate to them. You know, we were surprised at this person's early retirement was the, the phrase that I used and just kind of went on to explain how much we appreciated having the chance to coach her and, she was a good teammate, you know, and her teammates missed her and that sort of thing. And, and this wasn't a guilt trip. This was just a way to, to honor her leaving and really try to express that to the parents. And we got such a great response from that because, again, we didn't label her as a quitter. We just recognized her time in the game was done. And, and everybody has that time at some point. Sometimes it's forced on them because of graduation or because there's not a lo- another level for them to play at or because of injury. Other times they choose it on their own for circumstances that we don't always understand. But I think recognizing that does so much to honor the person. And, you know, the last thing I would say, JP, as we're wrapping up here is there are some coaches, and I've done this myself, that when a player walks out and they they quit on the team, they are dead to us. We don't talk to them in the hallway. We don't acknowledge that they existed. 
you know, talk about them with the team. And if you go down that road, and quite honestly, that feels kind of good as a coach. It's sort of like your vengeance for them walking away. Um, is it communicates to your team that it's not okay to talk to you about quitting. It's not okay to talk to you about struggling. It's not okay in their moments of weakness to come and talk to you because if that's the ultimate end, players are going to be intimidated by that and they don't want that to be them. And it might be a, a power tactic to keep kids out for your team, but it doesn't benefit the person. It doesn't communicate love for the person. And so when we've had players leave you know, the past couple of years, the one thing that we've tried to communicate with those that have stayed is that if you're getting to that point where basketball becomes more stressful than joyful, please come and talk to us. Talk to one of your captains. Talk to an assistant coach. We've seen it a million times, and everybody goes through it. And, and so just to try to keep the door open to create a safe place where it's okay to talk about that, I think is as important or more important than anything else we can do once the players have left your program. Now that's it for this week's episode. You're definitely going to want to check out next week. Uh, Nate and I are going to be discussing the struggle that I think nearly every coach faces, at least at some stage in their career, if not regularly. And that is the desire to quit as a coach. While we really uh, may enjoy coaching our sport and the relationships, coaching is without a doubt often a struggle. All right, a building relationships and a strong culture is, is it's not easy. And it often comes at the expense of our own personal lives and can seem to negatively impact things like our, our family life. So we'll be sharing our own journey and discussing how to work through some of these difficult moments. Now, just to remind you, I, I'd love to see you at a coaching culture workshop in the future, whether that's in this November in Minneapolis or this spring. Uh, so if you're interested, be sure to follow the link at the top of this episode's details. Uh, and let us know. Or you can also go to thriveonchallenge.com forward slash live workshop and, and read some more there.